Well, I will get right into the word of the Lord. Uh, Exodus chapter number one. If you, if everyone would like to stand, we'll we'll read this. Exodus chapter one and verse number thirteen, and uh, we'll also look at Mark one twenty nine uh, very quickly. Um, and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them to serve was with rigor. And Pharaoh charged all his people, this is verse 22, I'm sorry, skip down to verse 22. And Pharaoh charged all his people saying, every son that is born, that is every son that is born to the children of Israel, every son that is born to the people of God, every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Mark 1 and 29, uh, hopefully they can put that on the screen, Mark 1 29, and forthwith when they were come out of the synagogue they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John, but Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever. And anon they tell him of her. Maybe those are two completely unrelated scriptures, except that they're both sections are in the Bible. But they deal with circumstances that are overwhelming. It deals with the people of Israel who were oppressed and overwhelmed by Egypt. And it also deals with a mother in Mark that was overwhelmed with sickness. But I want to preach to you today for just a few moments on overcoming the overwhelming. I mean, understand that life can be overwhelming at times, but we've also got the power of an overcoming God. Amen. I want to preach today about overcoming the overwhelming. Let's pray. God, I love you so very much. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what we feel in this place. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this place. Cause your anointing to fall today. Let me speak exactly what you want spoken. Nothing more, nothing less. Minister to us, O God, through your word and by your spirit. Let the word today be mixed with faith. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the gift of faith to operate in this place. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right, you can be seated. Thank you for standing. The Bible says to honor thy father and thy mother. I was uh, meditating on this this morning and last night, and it does say, children, obey your parents in the Lord. In in other words, it's possible that you could have parents that uh, might not give you godly direction in your life. They, it is possible that you could have a parent that uh, would, would lead you down the wrong path, that would teach you things that are contrary to Scripture and contrary to godliness. It is possible. And so, so the writer says to obey your parents in the Lord. But he also says to honor thy father and thy mother. And he doesn't put a qualifier on that. In other words, Your mother and your father are worthy of honor no matter how good and no matter how bad they are. You should still love your mama and you should still love your father. Y'all go help me today. Honor your father and your mother. The word honor, it means to prize, to revere, to, to fix the value of. The writer in Proverbs said that who can find a, uh, or he talks about a virtuous woman that her value is far above rubies. I'm thankful. For my mama, maybe she's watching online today. 
I'm thankful for my wife, who is an absolutely wonderful mom. I'm going to tell you, if I have good kids, and I do, it's because I have a good wife, who's a great mother. And uh, I'm not even going to look at her because she's probably telling me to stop it. Today is her 16th anniversary of becoming a mom. That means that boy over there's probably got something going on today. But there's no job description for a mom. But there are lots of expectations. It's not easy. It's not simple. It's not straightforward. It's complicated. And motherhood never stops. It never stops. It doesn't stop for sickness. It doesn't stop for inconvenience. It doesn't, well, I, I can't do the mom thing today. It doesn't happen. It just, I don't know if it happens around your house. It doesn't happen around my house. The mom thing just keeps on going. And so I want to honor the mothers in the house today. You are valuable. And I'm not going to ruin this message by saying something like, none of us would be here without a mother because that's just a dumb thing to say and I'm not going to say it. But thank God for moms. Why don't, you give your, why don't you give a hand to the moms today? We live in a world that is spiritually similar to Egypt. In the passage that we read today, it talked about that Pharaoh wanted to destroy the children of God. Every child, every male child that was born, they said, you are to uh, kill that child or to cast that child into the river so that it would perish. Can I tell you that the world we live in today, in this world, the prince and the power of the air, the God of this world, still wants to destroy children. He still wants to destroy marriages. He still wants to destroy families. But I want to preach to some mamas and some daddies and some grandmas and some grandpas and some kids that there is still a God whenever things seem overwhelming, we're still overcomers. David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for thou hast been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I want you to know that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. I, I want you to know today, in a world that wants to overcome and overwhelm you, we are more than overcomers through him that loved us. I wish somebody clap your hands and believe that you've got the victory. Seven times in the book of Revelation, he talks about to him that overcomes. It gives us an expectation. We are going to overcome. We are going to be victorious. And so there's this story of Moses. Moses is a great prophet. Moses, the Ten Commandments guy. You know, if you've ever seen the movie, it's, I've, I've read the book too. Chuckle, chuckle. Moses would lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses would stretch forth his rod and would split the Red Sea. Moses, who could speak to rocks and water would come out. Moses, one of two men who would meet Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration literally millennia later. Moses. But before there was a Moses, there was a mother. Her name was Jochebed. 
And she was living in that time in, Israel, or in Egypt whenever the Pharaoh declared that well, if you've got a baby boy that's born, you must cast him into the river. I don't know any mama in their right mind that would do that. And so I don't think that Jochebed was altogether all that special in that she wanted to protect her child. Get an amen from a mom out there somewhere. I think it's instructional to read the scripture. Exodus 2 and 1, it says uh, that there went out a man of the house of Levi, uh, Levi, took a daughter, or took a wife of the daughter of Levi. This woman, who was Jochebed, she conceived and bare a son and saw that he was a goodly child and hid him three months. He was a goodly child. That's what every mom thinks about their children. There, don't do this. Is there, but but can, can you think of any mom out here that's like, nah, my child wasn't anything special? No, it's not like that. That newborn, and, and they put those pictures on Facebook. And, and every woman that sees they're like, oh, they're so cute. They get that way. I'm telling you, they get that way. But I'm not going to... Okay, I'm moving off of that. I'm moving off of that. But she saw that baby, and he was a goodly child. I'm telling you, she saw Moses, whom she hadn't named yet, but she saw this baby, and he was a goodly... She she looked at that baby and said, That's my baby. Isn't Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he special? We need, a, we need an understanding every child is special. Every baby that's born is special. And before I get done with this, I hope that today we'll walk out of here with an understanding that we need to be like a Jochebed and treat our baby, our kids like they are little Moseses. And we don't know what that baby's going to grow into, but her baby grew into Moses. What can your baby grow into? And so it says when she could no longer hide him, she took him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, daubed it with slime and pitch, and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river, and, her, and his sister stood off to know what would be done to him. She hid him until she could no longer hide him. That newborn at some point, Sister Tiffany, that newborn at some point finds his lungs. How many parents know what I'm talking about? When they're first born, it's eh, And then it, just a few weeks later, they figure out how to cry. I mean, it's just like you snap your fingers and they're like, oh, I figured out how to do this. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. It was cute yesterday and now it's... Wow. And evidently that... Am, am I telling the truth up here? I'm not preaching good yet, but I'm telling you the truth. And so, apparently that time came where she could hide him from the world no longer. He was too loud, too squirmy to be hidden anymore. And so, she had to make an ark for him. So, uh, let, me, let me make a few points from this story and, and, and uh, understand that we know very little about Moses' growing up. We know about three months of it. 
And maybe that should be instructional for us because they do grow up so fast. Good grief. I have a 16-year-old, Brother John. I'm not that old. No, I'm not that old. I'm not that old. I don't know what happened, Brother Charlie, because whenever, whenever Angie found out she was pregnant with our first child, I said, I'm too young to be a parent. And ever, whenever we found out that she was pregnant with Charlotte, I said, I'm too old to be a parent. I don't know where the line is there. We don't know much about Moses' growing up. It, it just happened. But she gave birth to a little boy into a world that was against her. A world that wanted to destroy her, destroy her way of life, and destroy her family. Pharaoh wanted to destroy what she valued the most. Can I pause for a moment and say that the most important thing, mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, in your life is that child. It's not career. It's, nothing is more important than that child. And, and so the enemy wants to destroy what is most important. But, but mama, Jochebed, was willing to do whatever it takes for Moses to become what he was meant to be. And so let me talk to you for just a few minutes about this, about the power to overcome an overwhelming world. First of all, she hid him. Everybody say, she hid him. She hid him. Uh, She maintained his safety. Can I tell you today that we need to maintain safety by maintaining innocence? There are just some things that, that our kids never need to see, never need to hear, and never need to know about that we don't need to introduce into their lives. She hid him from the world. You need to have a home that is safe from the enemy outside that wants to destroy your family that is on the inside. That's right, I'm preaching kind of hard right now. Can I preach to some mamas and some daddies and some grandparents that have babies to visit you? That your house needs to be clean, not just of, of, of you know, you're, you're clean. My grandma was a Clorox fanatic. She Cloroxed everything. It was clean, man. Her house smelled like bleach. But can I tell you that our homes need to be clean of the filth of this world? Our homes don't need to have movies in it that has language and themes that our kids don't. Y'all going to preach with me today? I'm, I'm telling you, Moses needs to be hid from the things of this world. And if they grow up innocent, that's okay. The world's going to introduce them to some stuff at some point in the future, but I'm not going to. Jesus, help us. To hide what is most valuable because the enemy wants to destroy them. Be careful of internet and movies and all kinds of things of this world. You can't even let your kids read comic books anymore. Hide them as long as you can. Well, he's old enough to watch that. They hear that kind of stuff at school. They might hear that kind of stuff at school, but they don't need to hear it in my house. But they do grow. But Josh, they do grow. And it becomes harder and harder to hide them. She couldn't hide him from the world anymore. And so what she did was she built him an ark of protection. 
Let me tell you about that ark for a second. I'm not going to preach very long. Let me tell you about that ark for a second. It says that she made him an ark of bulrushes. It's a papyrus. It's the same material that they would make paper out of. It's a type of the word of God. She made him an ark. And we need to make an ark. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. We need to make an ark out of the word of God. We need to cover them, surround them, inundate them, and protect them with the Word of God. You can't hide them from worldly influence forever, but what we can do is we can put the Word of God in, and the Word of God, can somebody say the Word of God is powerful? The Word of God is greater than any opposition that can come into our lives. That's why when the devil came to Jesus, he gave us some instruction, and that was, it is written. If we have the Word of God hidden in our hearts, the Bible says that we will not stumble, we'll never backslide if we put the Word in our hearts. Deuteronomy 6 and, 7, or 6 and verse 6, I quoted this this morning in our discipleship class. Uh, we, we talk about Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the, word our, the Lord our God is one Lord, and that is the greatest commandment of all. But two, two verses later, He says, And these words which I command you this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Some Somebody say diligently. Somebody say on purpose. I'm going to teach the Word to my kids on purpose. Why? Because the Word's powerful. He says, teach them diligently. When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you, when you lie down and whenever you get up, teach the Word of God. Amen. Know the Word of God. Know the Word of God. It's not just, well, that's what the pastor says. Because if your only defense is, well, I'm doing this because, well, that's what the pastor says. You better get some Word in your life. The devil is not impressed with that's what the pastor says. Those seven sons of Sceva, they go to that demon-possessed man and they say, we adjure thee by Jesus whom Paul preaches. You don't get victory because of somebody's name that you know or somebody else that you know. You get victory because of what's on the inside. We need to put the Word of God on the inside for victory. And so, so we cover them. We put the Word in them. We, in, we inundate them with the Word. And then it says that, it, that she took that ark and she pitched it within and with, without with pitch. And scientists say that that pitch hides the smell of life. So those crocodiles that were in, the, in the, uh, the Nile River, they could not smell that baby that was in there. And can I, I just want to tell you that, that prayer, Brother Stephen, is the pitch within and without in that ark that hides our children. I, I, I wake up every day. I, don't let me exaggerate and tell you that it's every day, but almost every day. And I plead the blood of Jesus over my children and over my family and over my home and over, over everything. Why? Because I just believe that the blood of Jesus is more powerful. There is an enemy, there is a devil like a, like a roaring lion and he is seeking whom he may devour. But devil, I plead the blood of Jesus against you and I plead the blood of Jesus over my family and you cannot devour them. You don't have the option to devour them. Why? Because I built an ark and I pitched it within and without. Hey, we need to cover them with prayer. 
Somebody shout amen. amen. And we have the power to overcome a world that wants to destroy us. Elbow a mama, real nice, real nice like, real nice like. Why is it that it seems like mothers set the spiritual temperature of the home? You ever notice that? Now, I know we have, we have these sayings like, if mama ain't happy... Now, now I, I'm not way out on a limb right now. I'm, I'm close to the trunk. What, what's the other one? Happy wife. Great day. I wish y'all could, could quote Acts 4 and 12 as good as you can quote that stuff. I got to get off of this. <laughs> Mama's important. It's it's not just whatever activities that she does. And mamas do all kinds of stuff. Man, stuff that dads would puke over. I'm making some friends today, aren't I? Moms are so awesome. I could just, is my wife in here? She's back there. All right, then I won't, I won't brag on her because she gets mad at me. She was outside a minute ago and I could have had at it. <laughs> you know, Brother John, I'm not going to look at the clock anymore. Genesis chapter 1, God makes man in his own image and he calls his name Adam. And Adam means human being. And he says, it's not good for man to be alone. Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah, there's good deep amens out there. It's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make him an help meet. It's amazing to me that man or Adam means human being. Just And the woman is help meet. Now, for those of you who don't have an English degree, let me explain that to you real quick. I don't have an English degree either. Be is a passive verb. Help is an action verb. Read between the lines there. Moms are amazing. They never stop. The load never lifts. Sister Erica, there's not a moment of your day that you're like, I'm just not mom right now. It's there all the time. So there's another mother in Scripture that I want to mention here. We read about her in Mark chapter 1, verse 29. It's the only, only verse, only section of Scripture that even mentions this woman. And it refers to her as Simon's mother-in-law. Now, I have, I have you know, made, made my fair share of, of mother-in-law jokes. 
and so have you. But you know what? She's the mother of my favorite person in the world. So we got Peter's mother-in-law. And it says that she was sick of a fever. She was laying in bed. She was so sick that she could not get up. And they tell Jesus about her. Now, motherhood is a constant thing. So can I just get a little wave from the moms who have been sick and you're taking care of kids that are... Yes, yes, amen. We got some amens back here. Moms that that have had a terrible day at work, but you still had to come home and deal with grades. You had to deal with whatever. You fill in the blank. You still had to be mom when you got home, even though you had a terrible day. The, The load never lifts. And so here's this lady, she's Peter's mother-in-law. I don't know how old she was. I I understand from scholars that Peter wasn't very old, so I'm going to assume his wife wasn't very old, which means his mother-in-law wasn't very old, and she probably still had children, still had responsibilities, still had a household to deal with, and she is sick in bed. Now, can anybody identify with overwhelming situations? Can any mom in the room identify with never feeling sufficient? Never feeling like you're enough? Never feeling like there's enough time? And, and all this stuff, it's, 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 like, it's like the Apostle Paul talked about all the things that he went through in ministry and he said, and, and in addition to all these things, the care of the church. And I think for mothers, although I've never been one, That you have all this stuff going on in life. Oh, and I still have to be a mom. So this lady, she was sick with a fever. But we can be sick with all kinds of stuff. We can be sick with frustration. Be sick with disappointment. Be sick with hurt. Be sick with shame. Be sick. There's, there's all kinds of stuff that can put us down and feel like we can't get up. I've come to tell you today that whenever Jesus heard about this mom who was sick with a fever, he immediately came. And it says he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately her fever left and she ministered unto them. Immediately it left. I have just a tiny little little message for you today. And that is that if you are feeling overwhelmed... There's a Jesus that's here to extend a hand and lift you up out of your circumstance. Who says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, learn of me, and I will give you rest unto your souls. I want to tell some some moms and some dads. I want to tell some grandparents that are overwhelmed with the things of this life that there is a Jesus that's here today that wants to extend a hand to you and lift you up. Can we stand to our feet today?
When we close our eyes for a moment, we don't do this very often, but when we close our eyes for a moment as the music comes, I just want you to, to meditate on the Lord. Maybe, maybe begin to talk to Him softly. Maybe you're going through a situation. Maybe you can look back on your past and say, I, I wasn't the, the mom, the dad, the grandparent that I should have been. I want you to know, don't be overwhelmed by that situation. There's a Jesus that wants to pick you up. Maybe you have disease. Maybe you have depression. Maybe you have anxiety that debilitates you and you're not able to be the parent or the grandparent that you want to be. I want you to know there's a Jesus here that wants to extend the hand and lift you up. And immediately He wants to give you relief. Immediately He wants to give you strength. Jesus. Can you feel, you feel a sweet presence right now? I think God wants to just touch some folks. I want you to walk out as an overcomer. Walk out not overwhelmed by your situation, but with your eyes focused on Him. I want you to pray for that. Now, 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 hold on, Mom. Let me talk to moms real quick. This is an interesting story. Here she was. She's sick in bed, Sister Sarah. She can't get up. Jesus comes, takes her by the hand. She gets up, and the first thing she does, she starts making sandwiches. You know, when Jairus' daughter, when she got resurrected from the dead, she asked for something to eat. Not Peter's mother-in-law. She's out there, got the miracle whip and the bread. Anybody want a lamb sandwich? So mama, I want you to pray for people right now. I want you to receive prayer and strength today. Can we all join together? I want you to pray for whoever you're next to. If, you're, if your mom's not here, I want you to pray for remotely. I, just pray for somebody. God, in the name of Jesus... That's it. Sons, daughters, husbands, I want you to pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, you are the giver of strength. You are the the lifter up of my head. You are the one that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. God, you're the source of our strength. I pray today, great God, that you will give a special dispensation of strength and encouragement right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, by the authority of the Word of God and by the power that is in the name Jesus, we push back depression. We push back anxiety. We push back a mentality that we're over we push these things back in the name of Jesus we command darkness to run we command the darkness to flee I command every spirit that would try to oppress the ladies of this church in the name of Jesus I command you to take your hands off of them we plead the blood of Jesus over every mother every wife we plead the blood of Jesus over every household we plead the blood of Jesus over every marriage in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ oh God I ask you right now that you will come down that you'll wrap your arms around us that you will give us strength and help in time of need God you are the king of kings and you're the lord of lords God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus hallelujah 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 now let's do flip that if you're if you're a mom I want you to go ahead and, and give some prayer because as you begin to pray for your family the virtue of God's going to flow through you be a conduit of the Holy Ghost right now. Pray for your family. Pray for your, if you're, if you're here and your husband and spouse, if your children are here, begin to pray for them. Pray a blessing on them today. They're going to sing, but I, I want you to pray for, for whoever you're there with today. In the name of the Lord Jesus.